So, hello everybody, my name is Sue Johnson. I'm the managing partner who leads the inclusion and diversity consulting practice at Odges, and we are here to help clients be demonstrably more inclusive through strategy, analytics, and training. I'm here with my colleague James. Hi, my name's James Foley. I'm a researcher and data analysis working as part of the Inclusion Diversity Consultancy, responsible for discovering the latest trends and insights within the uh, within the field. And we're going to talk about one today, pronouns. So quite simply, what are they? We're going to explore some terminology and then also how to navigate the use and diversity of pronouns within the workplace. So let's talk about pronouns. So James, let's start with the basics. What is a pronoun? Um, so it's ultimately a feature of grammar and not the demons that they've been portrayed in the me- in media. Um, everyone's got them, everyone's had them. They're just ling- linguistic tools which help us identify yourself. It's anything which you would use to replace yourself, your, uh, a, a person or an object. It's your he, hims, they, them, she, hers, fay, fairs. So that's what they are. So you, talk, you talked about the media. So now we talk about gendered and gender neutral pronouns. Tell us a bit more about what they are and why is it so important to be considerate of our use of the workplace? Gendered pronouns are personal pronouns. So they're used to refer to people uh, in, uh, more specifically. And in general, the way they are viewed, some can be read as neutral. So there's they, them or masculine, he, him, feminine, she, her. But actually, there's uh, many more that exist that represents alternatives to or in opposition to the gender binary. Regardless of what the pronouns are associated with, people tend to use the pronouns that they feel most comfortable with. And that's not just um, fixed. Depending on your situation, you might change or use, uh, use different pronouns depending on how comfortable. And We've had various gendered pronouns and, and gender neutral pronouns throughout times. I think the media does present it as quite a new or um, recent phenomenon, but we've had, um, you know, singular they, them in the English language since about the 14th century. And actually, there was a study by a researcher, um, Dennis, Dennis Brown, um, an English professor from the University of Illinois, who from the 1800s to the 1970s, identified more than 200 new gender neutral pronouns being proposed in that time period. So whilst there's been a recently a lot of contention around them, what's important to know is that we've always had different ways of referring to ourselves, which incorporates aspects of our gender. But the important thing is, in order for us all to be our comfortable, true selves at work, we have to just be aware that they exist and know that by using the correct gender pronoun for someone, you help support their gender identity. You, you help support them as a person being proudly who they are at work. If people are more comfortable at work, they're more comfortable to do good work and be part of the team. You don't want to exclude people or make people feel like they're not welcome by not respecting what is at the end of the day a part of their identity and, and for many people it's a very important part. So let's talk about different variations for example mine is uh, she and hers what happens if someone uses perhaps hey slash they 
or she slash they tell us what should we do um so yeah so some people do use um multiple sets of pronouns or they have a variety they different use i think when you see there's like a um a, a he slash they or a she slash they it's indicating that they are have more than one set or they have a mix or alter- alternate between them ultimately that means that they would most likely be like to referred by both or perhaps even they have a preference and the way you work that out is you um, politely ask them um, sometimes they don't have a preference and therefore you should use both intermittently as you have a new conversation switch them between them or they might indicate that they do have a specific preference oh you know um, within the office I prefer they but if we're going to meet clients please can you use she because you know they might be out to their workplace as those pronouns but they might not be out to clients or people they're meeting you know it's a, it's a way of controlling it and making sure that they are most comfortable in the situation i think there's also you'll see people who used to use all pronouns or any pronouns next to them in brackets and that just indicates yes you can use anyone's with suit but i think the thing to avoid though is making sure you just don't default to one in these situations the one that you think best works because you don't know know them and just because you do not find you find it easier to use one does not mean it's fair to cause someone discomfort or make them um or uh, invalidate their gender identity please do try and use uh, please do use both or more than one if they do have one one it's interesting you say don't just use the one you feel most comfortable with because many of us are just used to using a small set of pronouns. So what should I do if I get it wrong or make a mistake? I think if you get it wrong and you catch yourself in the moment, I think the thing you should do is immediately and just very naturally uh, apologise because it is everyone will make mistakes now and then, especially if you're not used to um, using a variety of different um, pronouns. Um, I think the big thing, though, in that moment is don't make a huge fuss. Don't make a don't make a pantomime of it. I, I know it can feel bad, but you don't want to make that person feel even more uncomfortable by making it such a big deal that they feel like they are now having to make sure you feel OK after you've used the wrong pronouns. I think um, it's very important that just as using a variety of different pronouns should be naturalized, uh, so should we make sure that it is okay to um, apologize, um, do better and move on without, you know, having to make it a massive and therefore bigger uncomfortable incidents. If you do realize after the fact you've made a mistake, should try and find an opportunity to apologize um, privately and succinctly and move on. Um, there are many cases people, you know, after the incident don't want to go back over it again. So you should mm-hmm. never force your apology on someone, you know. But if you do have the opportunity um, to co- uh, to create and make up for it, just do it privately. Uh, don't do it. Make a big deal of it once again. Um, but ultimately, um, it, 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 the important thing also is to make sure you make a note of where you've slipped up and where you can, you know, make better effort in future. Mm-hmm. So what happens? What should you do if you see perhaps a colleague making a mistake and not just once, like you say, multiple times? 
so I guess there's many important considerations. I, I, I there are definitely situations where you know you might realise your colleague is making a mistake or using a, 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 a pronoun for for someone that you think, oh wait, that doesn't add up. But you do need to check because you might be in the position where your colleague who's getting uh, mis uh, misgendered has actually told you you know, that's their gender identity, but they might have not told this other person. You know, you don't want to out someone in your correction. So first of all, you have to make sure, do you know that this is, you know, the gender pronoun they're using publicly at work? And then you have to also ask the question, um, have you heard them correct others before? That's one of the things you can check. If you know that they do correct others when this happens, then you can intercede. And you need to start asking questions, you know, um, are they actually using multiple pronouns? You do have to, you know, think through and situation first before you intercede on someone's behalf because you don't want to intercede incorrectly. And the answers to the questions, those questions will determine the most appropriate action. Mm -hmm. um, it may be convoluted, but I think in practice, if you just get used to asking these questions, it can become second nature and prevent accidentally outing someone or you yourself misgendering. But if you do feel it's appropriate to intervene, um, it's usually correct to um, gently correct them, the person right there, you know, call out. Most of the time, if you do it directly, you don't make a, a, a you know, do it directly, you know, just to know um, Alex uses they them pronouns. That That is usually enough. What you don't want to do is make it a big um, admonishing point, um, because otherwise, you know, it can make people feel like, you know, this variety in gender expression and gender identity is not normal if you make it too much of a fuss. Secondly, if directly correcting them there and then is not an option, I think you can always take them aside or make a conscious efforts around the person who's, you know, misgendering someone to use the correct pronouns yourself in front of them. You know, Alex said they would be available for a call in 3 p.m. And don't put as much emph emphasis as I did in, did in that sentence. Um, but, you know, just make sure that you yourself are using the very um, consistently using the correct pronouns. You used the term misgendered several times there. Just explain to us briefly what's that. So I guess misgendering is a term for when um, any sort, and, it, and it's not just using the wrong pronouns. Um, it's just any sort of behaviour which signals or attributes a gender identity to someone which uh, is not the gender they. Uh, uh, is not their own gender so it, it, it's not just using the wrong pronouns but it's you know um, telling someone to use a different bathroom to which they wish to use it's segregating them into a group like you know splitting someone up into oh, okay we're going to split you up in men and women put something on in a category that annoying it's um, even things that as you know as like you know, questioning someone for why they're wearing a particular article of clothing and going, oh, you know, that's I, I wouldn't expect someone like you to wear that and stuff like that. It, it's, a, it's, a, it's a whole variety of um, behaviours which ultimately come from someone trying to say, no, this is how you should be, rather than listening to them and respecting their gender identity. Yeah. And finally, there's a term that I haven't heard before. What are neo-pronouns? 
So yeah, neo pronouns. I guess it's just a it's 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 a blanket term we use to refer to any sort of pronoun sets that have developed. I guess from the twentieth century onwards, and I guess they're not really as neo as you know or or new as neo would suggest. Actually, we've had some of them for quite a long time, um, but often these are. Um, third-person pronouns, so you, uh, that you know, go beyond the normal uh, masculine, feminine, or neutral, and often referred to gen- as gender-inclusive pronouns. I think one of the uh, uh, earliest identified ones is Z for like Z here, and it was a uh, it's a gender-neutral. It still is used English pronoun that dates back, I think, in, at least until 1864, but it's still considered a neo pronoun. Um, it was actually added to the Mir- Merriam-Webster dictionary in 1934, and then removed in 1961 because I think uh, uh, um, most likely due to political reasons. Um, but we're constantly seeing new ones come up as people find new ways to express who they are and, and um, how they identify. I think the most common neo pronoun you might interact uh, with or uh, um, see, uh, see in the workplace is zemzir. But also people are constantly coming up with new ways to express themselves and they will start incorporating other aspects of identity rather than just gender in these pronouns. And I think that's actually quite a wonderful thing because, you know, it's people saying, you know, people showing you um, who they are. And I think it's always nice to know who someone is. But I guess, so as an ally to the LG Plus community, um, and as this hair ally, um, how, what do you think? What do you think you can do to support people um, in the workplace who in, in their pronoun use? So this is something that came to me actually at the end of the Pride Month when the ally team at I'll just put out. Well, what can you do? Because I've always felt a bit uncomfortable putting pronouns on my email, a bit like, why should I? And it was really recognising, no, actually, it's not about me. It's about how we can mainstream this topic and this subject. So to make everybody, regardless of their identity, feel that they can be their whole self when they come to work. And so, for example, I have it in my email signature and I'm working on, to be frank, introducing it when I go to in meetings. You know, this is how I identify. So if other people say it, it's not unusual because the more we mainstream it and I think the straight allies, we're in the majority. And so we're the ones who can set the culture and really change it in the workplace. And so it's about talking about it mainstreaming it putting on emails introducing ourselves with how we identify if that's our choice and so suddenly it doesn't become unusual anymore we get rid of that awkwardness and so that's what i'm doing around pronouns and i and i think you raised something important there is that you felt you had to be comfortable putting them in the first place before you did that i think there's a lot of um expectation that everyone should do this and everyone should do you know put their pronouns in their emails or you know when they introduce themselves use the pronouns i don't think that's the case i think if definitely if you are comfortable and confident to do that it's great and like you said it does help make every people feel more inclusive and signify that you know you're there being an ally and being supportive but it's all about you know at the end of the day 
respect and comfort and if someone doesn't feel comfortable you know using uh putting their pronouns in their email signature uh or, or introducing themselves you shouldn't force them you know no matter whether they're you know trans non-binary or even uh, or even cisgender you know you should just let them be themselves while still creating an environment which supports them being that like you said their whole self uh, i think often the case a lot of um trans and non-binary people are not necessarily out in the office or don't want to be you know the the, the champion or the person doing a lot of the way because you know there's already a lot of work which is put on the, put on their shoulders and i think we shouldn't force anyone to do anything that um they don't want to and i don't think anyone is i think uh, i think at the end of the day what we're trying to do here is just make it so people can be their true selves so thank you so much for joining our podcast today i hope you found it really insightful and useful and if you have any questions or would like some more information with regards to any of our support practices please don't hesitate to contact us at ind at odges.com or please go to our website with more contact information there thank you